Amen. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn to Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. We're continuing our study, looking at following Christ from the Sermon on the Mount. You know, if you have been here in Blowing Rock any amount of time, or even if you're just visiting, one of the first things you notice when you come to Blowing Rock after the crazy wind that we have that we even had this morning is you notice the fog. Uh, Blowing Rock is uh, just a magnet to being attracted to fog. And it'd be one thing if it was like a romantic, uh, gentle haze, but it's not. The fog we get here in Blowing Rock because of where we're located on the edge of the Blue Ridge and the side of the mountains, it is an all-consuming, oppressive fog. I mean, it seems to block out the sun. Uh, It makes it sometimes where you can't see five feet in front of your face. And uh, it's amazing because you can be in Boone or you can be off the mountain and it's sun shining and it's beautiful. But the moment you cross the parkway, the moment you get up the top of the hill, all of a sudden there is a fog that just settles on top of you. And the thing that's amazing about fog is I was reading recently that a fog that could cover a seven block area, seven city block area for a hundred feet deep is only containing about eight ounces of water. Now think about that. That's from here to Main Street. That's here over to Chitola, seven square blocks, a hundred feet deep, intense, thick fog, eight ounces of water. That's less than a small glass. But the thing that makes it special is that eight ounces of water is divided into 60,000 million drops, microscopic drops, that those little drops come together to form such an oppressive, just consuming fog. So little water creating such gloom, and it cripples an entire city. That's the way worry is. You see, worry and anxiety can be exactly like that fog, just a little amount And before we know it, it is oppressing us. It becomes gloom, and it affects every area of our life. It affects our moods. It affects our health. It affects our sleep. It affects our actions. It affects our attitude. And like I mentioned earlier, worry in the Bible is always described as a sin. It's a lack of faith in Christ. It's a lack of trust in Christ. And it's such a big deal that three times in the passage we're going to look at this morning, Jesus commands His followers not to worry. It's such a big deal that in the middle of this most important sermon that Jesus ever preached, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, He takes nine verses here to explain how worry can destroy your faith. How worry can keep you from being who God's called you to be. How worry can keep you from following through on what God is calling for you in your life. And it can can just oppress you. Jesus tells those in our passage that are struggling with worry that it's time for you to stop. He tells those that are beginning to worry, that are allowing worry to creep into their life, to shut the door on it. Because once you allow anxiety and worry into areas of your life, it becomes dangerous. Especially for the Christian See, Christ doesn't want us to be hurt. The whole purpose of what he's telling us in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is is not just a descriptive nature of how a Christian should live or what a Christian looks like. He's trying to help us and save us from being hurt. And worry hurts you. It affects your relationship to God. Worry affects your relationship to other people. As I said earlier, it, it affects your sleep. It affects your health. It strangles and chokes out relationships. And worst of all, it destroys your faith. You see, the Bible's pretty clear. You can't worry and worship at the same time. 
Because worship in and of itself is ascribing worth to God. It's telling God, you are worthy of all of my worship. You are worthy of everything that I have. You are worthy of all my praise. And when we allow worry to creep in, we can't say that. Because what happens is worry squeezes worship out. But the good news for us this morning is that Jesus doesn't just warn us about worry. He gives us some clues about how we can overcome it. So I want you to follow along with me. We're going to read Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. And he starts with a very important word, therefore. Now, we've mentioned this before, but whenever you see therefore, you need to understand it's, it's drawing back to what has just been discussed. And for us, it's very important because really what we're about to look at in these nine verses are the illustration of what Jesus has been teaching us for the last three weeks. Going back to verse 19. The therefore here, and remember... Uh, in the original Bible, in the original translations, there are not these breaks. There are not chapters. There are not verses. There's not a break there, a uh, little heading that many of your Bibles have that says, do not worry. That was not uh, part of the original message. Jesus didn't say, okay, point number two, do not worry. Uh, it was all a part of one thought. And that takes us back to verse 19, 20, 21, all the way up to 25 that we've been looking at talking about our investments. You see, what Jesus is trying to help us understand is that our investments, where we spend our time, talent, and treasure from three weeks ago, that affects whether or not we will worship or we will worry. So let's keep reading what he says, and we'll come back to that. He says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Don't worry about what you'll eat or drink or about your body or what you'll wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? For who are you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Now think about that. Underline that. Circle that. What good does worrying do for your life? And why do you worry about clothes, he says? See how the lilies of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if that's how God clothes the grasses of the field, which are here today and gone tomorrow and thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? And then really here, he hammers it home in verse 30. You of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink and what shall we wear? For the pagans run after those things, and your heavenly Father knows all of that and knows what you need. But, and here's the answer, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. For each day has made trouble on its own. Now, see, what Jesus is trying to help us understand is that the end result of us investing our life, our time, talent, and treasure on temporary things will always be worry. You remember back in verse 19, 20, 21, when he was telling us that where we put our time, talent, and treasure, that will reveal the nature of our heart. That reveals what we love. Where your, where your heart is, there your treasure is. And so what Jesus is building on is by telling us that if we invest in temporary things, things in this world that are here today and gone tomorrow, all we will reap, the dividends of those temporary things, will always be stress, worry, and anxiety. If we spend our time, talent, and treasure investing in eternal things, if we invest in the things that will matter for eternity, in people, in ministries, in sharing the gospel, and reaching those in need, and when we spend our time, talent, and treasure on those things, then we will reap the dividends of joy and peace and contentment and purpose. 
But the reality of it is, is that many of us spend our time and our talent and our treasure investing in things that reap nothing but worry, anxiety, and stress. And then last week he built on that and he said that, you know, where your investments are and where your gaze is will always reveal really who sits on the throne of your heart. Who sits? Who is in charge? Who do you serve? For you see, it's pretty obvious and pretty evident that if you are investing all of your time, talent, and treasure in these temporary things, then those temporary things begin to rule your heart. You see, that's where it crosses over from you having possessions to possessions having you. And no longer do they serve you, you serve them. And the Bible we learned last week tells us that God is not going to share His throne. Either the Holy Spirit is going to be in charge, either the Holy Spirit is going to sit on your heart, or those things will. And when the Holy Spirit is on your throne of your heart, when He is the one in charge, worry is not an issue because we place all of our faith in Him. But when we allow things like power and pride and position and possession or prosperity to sit on the throne, then worry is going to be a reality because you're always going to worry about keeping what you have and attaining more of those things. So the answer for us this morning simply is, if you are overcome with struggle or worry or anxiety, the answer is not just to tell yourself, okay, don't worry. Isn't that what we say to people all the time? Oh, please don't worry. Try not to worry. That does no good. The answer is to examine your heart and honestly see who you serve. To honestly look at the places and the things that you're investing your time, talent, and treasure on. Because those will reveal why you worry. Those will reveal why you have stress, why you have anxiety. Now, I know that sounds simple. And in a perfect world, that would be the end of the sermon. In a perfect world, I would say, okay, that's it. Let's go home. I've just given you the answer. Jesus has told us the answer to solving the worry problem, to solving the anxiety problem. It's done. But the reality of it is that all of us, no matter how long you've been a Christian or how short you've been a Christian, or even if you're a believer and you're trying to to discover more about God, all of us struggle with worry. All of us struggle with stress. All of us struggle with anxiety. It's a battle. Some of us worry about big things. Some of us worry about little things. And some of us worry about everything. But all of us struggle against it. But that's not what God wants for us. And it's not who God's called us to be. I read a saying that was talking about worry, and it said the ignorant worry because they don't know enough, the knowledgeable worry because they know too much, the rich worry because they're afraid of losing what they have, the poor worry because they don't have enough, and the old worry because they're facing death, and the young worry because they're getting old. That just about covers everybody here, doesn't it? That's all of us. We fit into one of those categories because all of us at some time or another struggle with worry. I heard a man talking about one of the hardest things to get rid of in your life. One of the hardest things to ever throw away is an old garbage can. He related the story of how he tried to get rid of one of his old outside garbage cans. The garbage men came and he had an old can that was worn out and was rusted and he decided to throw it away. So he set it out by the curb with the rest of his garbage and uh, went to work, came back the next day. And there it was, that old rusted garbage can he tried to get rid of, still sitting with the overturned uh, good garbage can. And so he thought, well, next week I'm going to try something different. So the next week he turned the garbage can upside down where you could see the rust had gone through the bottom of the garbage can. He thought, surely the garbage men are going to see this rust and they will be able to to take it and realize this is garbage and he got back from work came in and there it sat put over with the rest of the garbage cans they didn't take it 
So the third week, he had an even better plan. He got a sledgehammer out, and he beat the sides of the garbage can in. He, he kicked it in. He stood on the top, thinking that surely, almost doubled over, this garbage can is going to get thrown away. And he sat it out on the street, and he went to work. And when he came home, sure enough, the garbage can sat there. And not only did it sit there, but the garbage man had pushed out where he had dented it in to make it usable again. And so there was that garbage can with a hole in the bottom that was useless for its purposes, but he couldn't get rid of it. So he did the only thing that really makes sense. He went to the, the store, he bought a big, huge chain, he bought a padlock, he got the garbage can, he padlocked it, and he chained it to a tree in front of his house, and of course the next morning somebody had stolen it, so it was gone. But you see, that's the way worry is. It's exactly like that garbage can. We try to get rid of it, and we try to get rid of it, and we try to get rid of it, but before we know it, it's back. Heard some quotes about worry. It said, today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. Someone once said, the only place worry will get you ahead of time is to the cemetery. Worry is a sin. But understand that worry is not the same as being concerned. And some of us, we rationalize our concerns and they turn into worry, but they're two different things. You see, concern says there is a problem or there is an issue or there is a situation and I'm going to deal with it and I'm going to trust God to help me deal with it. Worry says there is a problem or a situation or a circumstance and I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I'm going to allow that circumstance or situation or problem to just continue to roll around in my head and my heart until it affects everything that I do. See, worry is one of the greatest tools that the enemy, the devil, uses against us. It steals your joy, it steals your contentment, it steals your happiness, and it keeps you so wrapped up in worry that you never have time to invest in the things that God's calling you to. Even sincere Christians that want to serve God, that have a desire to do the things of God, they don't have the energy to do it or they don't have the time to do it because they've allowed worry to steal those things. We become so wrapped up into worry about tomorrow and worrying about yesterday that we never find peace for today. And the sad thing about worry, sad thing about anxiety is most of the time we spend our time and our energy worrying about things that never happen. Things that haven't happened are things that won't happen. Matter of fact, I saw a study that uh, looked at worry in people and it found that 92% of the things that we worry about, we have no control over or never really happen. You see, they broke it down and said 40% of the time we worry about things that never happen. 40%. Things that don't happen. You know what that's like. You create scenarios in your head and what if this happens and what if that happens and what if this happens. And we end up worrying about scenarios that never even take place. Said 30% of the time we worry about things that can't be changed. 12% of the time we worry about criticism that was casted towards us, mostly untrue, made by other people. And then 10% of our worry is about our health, which most of the time worsens when we worry. So really only 8% of the things that we worry about in our lives can we do anything about. Just think about that. 92% of our worry is over things that have not happened, will not happen, and things we can't do anything about if it did. See, worry is like putting your car in neutral and revving up the gas. It burns oil, it burns gas, it's hard on the engine, but you don't get anywhere. And that's the way so many Christians are living their lives. They're revving and they're revving and, and it's burning and it's wear and tear on their bodies and on their hearts and on their spirits. But they're not going anywhere. You see, worry at its root is simply a lack of faith in God. 
Basically, it's saying, I've got a problem, and I don't think God can handle it. Let me give you a couple of things that feed our worry, a couple of things that we could identify that make our worry worse. And these are things that you can look at in your life, and and you can probably give testimony to how it, it can destroy and build on what worry is in your life. The first one is life experiences. You see, instead of learning lessons from life, we allow our life experiences to influence us and allow worry to creep in. The things that we experience going through life, instead of learning and growing from those things, they creep into our spirit and they build worry. We experience death. We experience pain. We experience heartbreak. We experience fear. We experience failure. And instead of learning from those things, we allow those things to keep us in a place of anxiety and in a place of worry and never step through them. Our life experiences destroy us. Some of you know that I've been going through this dental surgery, and I, I can't stand the dentist. I've been going to dentist since I was a little kid, and uh, I, you know the pain that you endure in the dentist, and because of the pain that you endure in the dentist, it creates a worry inside of you. So that every time you go to the dentist, no matter you survive, the last time I went and they pulled teeth or they did a root canal or they fixed the cavity, uh, I survived. I didn't stay there, and it wasn't so bad because I was either numbed or on drugs. But it's just a th- of the dentist and you're sitting in that office and you hear that right that that drill going off and it sends a chill down your spine and all of a sudden worry and fear overwhelm you we do the same thing in other areas of our life a past failure something that we we failed at and we didn't do well at instead of learning from our failure we allow the fear of that failure to keep us from trying again and it worry and it creeps into us Instead of trusting God for our future, we let worry hold us back. Not only our life experiences, but the second thing that builds on our worry is our stuff. The things that we have. Because the more that we have, the more we seem to worry about the things that we have. The more things that we collect, the more things that we possess, they begin to possess you. It's what Jesus was talking about in the passage. He said, why do you worry about your clothes? And why do you worry about how you look? But yet we continue to to gain stuff and get stuff. And the more we get, the more we worry. We worry about our cars and we worry about our houses and we worry about the stuff within our houses. And we stress out over so many things that don't matter in the whole scheme of eternity. Ecclesiastes 5.12 says, The sleep of the laborer is sweet, but the abundance of the rich man provides him no rest. What he basically says is, the laborer sleeps good because he's got nothing to worry about he's got no things but the one who has lots of things can't sleep because of all the things weighing heavy on him our life experiences our our stuff and then the third thing is the media we're surrounded with today man the global news that is brought into our homes and into our faces on a regular basis now we see the worst of the world on an instantaneous basis Bombings and terrorist attack and financial disasters and war and crime and shooting and political corruption and all of it's negative and it just overwhelms us. We turn on the TV and that's all we hear and we're bombarded with it. I mean, even the weather, right? Last week, people were so stressed out about what was going to happen with the weather. And, and people were worried, are we going to miss school? And what am I going to do with my kids? And what are we, we going to have church? Are we not going to have church? And it never even happened. But yet we allow all of the media and the things that are going on in our life to build fear and, and, and build up this anxiety in our spirits that keep us from seeing what God's wanting us to see. The internet, it, I mean, 
we get stuff instantaneous now. Facebook, I mean, it's so negative. You sit and you read everybody's negative post about the election or about politics or about what's going on in the world or what's going on in America, and it can't help but consume you. Some of you need to take a break. Some of you need to turn it off and uh, get away from it. The media overwhelms us. Our stuff builds into worry. Our past experiences. And then the fourth thing is our pace of life. Man, we go so much today. People are gone, and they're, if they're not gone, they're going, right? You've got email and Twitter and cell phones and texting. And if you've got kids, you've got ball and you've got dance and you've got groups that you're doing on the weekends. And you're going from one thing to another. And I doubt that God intended for our nervous system to live at the kind of pace we put them through today. See, we've got all these things that were supposed to make life easier, supposed to make us more productive. And instead of what it's done is it's created more work and made us busier. Why in the world do you think that Jesus calls for a day of rest that God in one of the Ten Commandments said you will have a Sabbath, which means rest? Because we get so stressed out over our pace of life. Some of you just need to slow down. John 14, 1 says, let not your hearts be troubled. Let me ask you this morning, is your heart troubled? You lost sleep this week because of anxiety, because of worry? Is your health being affected? Your relationships being affected. Philippians 4, 6, which I read earlier, says, Do not be anxious for anything. I wonder how many of you came in here this morning anxious, worried, stressed. Let me give you a couple of things to help. Because I believe we all fight it. We all are going to struggle with it. I'd, I'd love to tell you there's going to come a time in your life where you're going to get to the point that you're not going to, to face worry or anxiety or stress. But as long as we live in this flesh and as long as we live in this culture, it's going to be there. Now, you can get to a place where you overcome it. You can get to a place where it has less control over you, where you can walk away from it, but you're still going to fight it. So let me give you a couple of suggestions to help you in that fight. Some things that can arm you and prepare you from what Jesus was saying that will have you ready when the worry comes. The first thing is simply what I said a moment ago, slow down. You see, I believe there is a direct correlation between hurry and worry. They are intertwined. Some of us need to relax and just sit still. Turn off the phone, turn off the internet, turn off the TV. Stop saying yes to everything. You see, we get in such a hurry that we rush past the things that God is trying to draw our attention to. The investments that we can make every day, we are in such a hurry to get to our next appointment or get to our next place that we've got to go that we miss out on the things that are happening all around us. Listen, let me just give you a warning. Life is going to happen regardless of your pace. You see, tomorrow's still going to get here. Even if you stopped doing everything that you did yesterday, today, and rested, guess what? The sun's still going to come up, and tomorrow is still going to be a reality. Why not stop and enjoy it every once in a while? The slower pace will always produce less worry. Now, I know some of you are going to say, Pastor, you don't know all the things I've got on my plate, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do that. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Who put them on your plate? See, some of you are far busier than God ever intended you to be. Because you've gotten into that idea of somebody on your throne that tells you the more you have, the more happier you'll be, or, or the, the, the more things you do, the better parents you are. Wrong! It's time for you to let God sit on the throne of your heart and decide what your pace should be. Slow down. The second thing is, take life one day at a time. 
Stop borrowing tomorrow's worries today. Do you realize that there are more heart attacks on Monday than any other day? More heart attacks on Monday. Why? Because we go to work on Monday so worried about all the things that we're going to do that week. Some of you get to work or you're getting ready on Sunday night or Monday morning. You're looking at your calendar and you're so stressed out over all the things that you have. Listen, God doesn't give you the grace and the power to handle tomorrow's problems. He gives you the grace and the power to handle today's problems. And yet what happens is we bring tomorrow's problems into today and we are overwhelmed. Why? It's because God never intended it that way. Psalms 27.1 says, The Lord is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? For He is the stronghold of my life. What should I be afraid of? You see, if God sits on the throne of your heart, if you serve God and God alone, then what out there is there to stress over? If God says, I'm going to take care of you, then why are you worried about it? The pastor Adrian Rogers wrote this. He says, You want to know what happens when you worry? You bring tomorrow's problems into today. He said, God gave you sufficient strength for today's problems. He didn't give you the strength for tomorrow's problems. So what happens when you bring tomorrow's problems into today, that doesn't help you get ready for tomorrow. It doesn't take the trouble out of tomorrow. It takes the gladness and the joy out of today. You today are overloaded, you're overburdened, and you're trying to handle tomorrow's problem today. And when you get to tomorrow, you get to tomorrow out of breath because you've been carrying a load you never meant to carry. Day by day, God says He will sustain you. Every step that you take, God will take care of you day by day. Take no thought for tomorrow is what He says. Worry is the interest you pay on borrowed trouble. And that's exactly where some of you are. He says that is for tomorrow. You live today trusting God. What is your life but a vapor and it appears a little while and it vanishes? See, the psalmist tells us that this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. When's the last time you you cleared your schedule, you cleared your calendar, you cleared your obligations, and you slowed down, and you took today at today? See, so many of you are overwhelmed because you're worried about next week's doctor appointment or this happening when your kid goes off to school or, or, or a test that your kid has in a couple of weeks or, or whatever it is. You've got all of these things and you're allowing those things to overwhelm you and they are stealing their joy and they're creating anxiety in your heart. See, what you need to do is you need to slow down. You need to take it one day at a time. And then the third thing that will help you is readjust your focus. Jesus says in verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God. You see, you need to get a heavenly perspective. Stop focusing on the things that you have no control over and focus on God and what He has control over. Stop focusing on the things that have no eternal value and allowing those things to steal your joy by creating worry in your heart. I remember when I was a teenager, I've been skiing since I was young and I love snow skiing, and uh, when I was a teenager, like many teenagers, I didn't think I would ever get hurt or nothing bad could happen. You, could, you don't die, right? And so I discovered skiing in the trees. Now, tree skiing is very unique. What it means is you go off the trail, and I like bowl skiing. I like wide open skiing, uh, especially in powder out in Colorado or New Mexico. But we were out in Colorado one year, and several of the guys I was skiing with decided to go off the trail. And you go off the trail, you go into the trees, and there is no trail. 
And we had one of the older guys that was actually a ski uh, teacher, gave lessons that was skiing with us and right in front of us. And after we had gone through some trees and my heart was beating and I was scared to death and you're in powder up to your knees and you're trying to make it through all these different trees and it's just an adrenaline rush. And it's dangerous. It is dangerous. Sonny Bono, Robert Kennedy Jr. killed hitting trees, tree skiing. So it's dangerous. And we came to a, a clearing, and I'm not encouraging anybody to do it. I'm just telling you my story. I don't do it anymore because I've realized I'm old and I can die. And so I don't do it anymore. But, but we came to this clearing, and the guy that was leading us through said, let me give you a little hint. He said the easiest way to make it through the trees when you're doing this kind of skiing is not to focus on the trees, but to focus on the gap between the trees. He said if you focus on what you're trying to miss, you will hit it every time. You see, that's what we do. We spend all of our focus on the things that we're trying not to worry about, and we end up worrying about them. You see, the ski instructor said, listen, the more you focus on the gaps, the less you see of the trees. And the more you get used to it, all of a sudden you don't even notice that the trees are there anymore. Whereas if you focus on the trees, you're going to hit the trees, and all you're going to do is going through this area is is see how big the trees are and how small the gap is. When you focus on the gap, you see how big the gap is and how little the trees are. When we focus on the things that feed our worry, it only produces worry. When we focus on worshiping God and being obedient to God and to seek His kingdom, all of a sudden you lose sight of the things you were worrying about. That's why the hymn writer said, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Adjust your focus Don't borrow tomorrow's problems. Slow down. And then the last thing, and this is the most important, is we need to learn to trust in God's faithfulness. See, we need to learn to trust God for everything. Worry is simply a lack of trust. Do you believe that God's in control? Do you believe that God has a plan for you? Do you believe that God is not caught off guard or surprised by what the doctor said or how low your bank account is or the problems at your work? He knew you before you were a thought. Before the foundations of the earth, He had a plan for you. And He sees your tomorrow as clear as you see today. Do you not think He has a plan? Matter of fact, the Bible says His plan is far greater and far more unimaginable than anything we could think of. If God's in control, if God has a plan, if He was not caught off guard, if He promises us that He will take care of us, He'll always provide for us. Maybe not what we want, but always what we need. The Bible says His grace is sufficient. He'll give us enough grace for today. He'll help us through today. If you believe that, why are you worrying? Do you believe that He will see you through anything? Do you believe that, like He says in Psalms 23, Though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because God is with me. Do you understand that no matter what's going on in your life right now, last night when you woke up at 2 o'clock and every worry that's going to take place this week was bombarding you, do you not realize that God was right there wanting to take that off of you? You just didn't give Him the chance. You see, we serve a God who wants you to be consumed with worship. Not worry. He wants you to be consumed with faith, not fear. See, so many of us, the issue is our faith is so small that we don't trust our big God. Because really, in reality, you don't have faith, you have theory. 
So many of us want to say, I trust God, but you really don't. That's just a theory too, because you've never stepped out and trusted Him. I've used the illustration before, just like this chair. See, that chair was built and and constructed for me to sit in. I know that it will hold my weight. I know that it was made for someone to sit in. But you see, that is not faith in a chair. That is theory. It doesn't become faith until I actually go and sit in the chair. And you know what happens when I sit in the chair and I recognize that it does what it said it's supposed to do? Not only do I sit, I get comfortable. See, the reason some of you worry is because you've never tested God. See, worry says, I don't think God can handle this. God looks at it and says, try me. Because you see, the more you trust Him, the more you hand over those problems and those things that are overwhelming you and those anxieties and those stresses, the more comfortable you get recognizing He will always take care of it. See, it's time for you to move beyond theory and move into faith. It's time for you to step out and begin to trust God. It starts with you examining your heart. Who's on the throne? Who do you serve? Because if you serve temporary things, worry is going to be reality for you for the rest of your life. But if you serve a living Lord who offers salvation and forgiveness and grace and mercy, worry can be a thing of the past, a minor inconvenience as you declare, my God can. Where are you investing your time? Where are you investing your talent? Where are you investing your treasure? Because that will always reveal who sits on your heart. And the more you invest in temporary things, the more those things are in your hands and you'll worry about holding on to them. But the more you worry, invest in internal things, those things are in God's hands. And the Bible tells us He will take care of it. So let me ask you again, are you tired of being sleepless? You're tired of being overcome with stress and anxiety and worry. You're tired of letting worry rob your peace, rob your joy, rob your happiness, rob your contentment. Listen to what Jesus says there in verse 34 from the Message Bible. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Don't get worked up on what may or may not happen tomorrow, for God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Listen, this morning, are you willing to lay all of those worries at the feet of Jesus? Are you willing to take that thing that you've been hanging on to that's causing anxiety, that's causing stress, and give it over to Him this morning? Are you willing to trust Him with whatever it is that's causing worry? Let me just tell you, let me just warn you, here's what's going to happen. Because in just a moment, we're going to sing, and some of you are going to say, Yes, Jesus, I want to give that to you, and and I'm tired of sleepless nights, and I'm tired of stress, and I'm tired of worry. I'm going to give you this doctor's report, this relationship, this job problem, my checkbook. I'm I'm handing it over to you. I'm tired of trying to solve it all myself, and I'm going to give it to you. And then what's going to happen is you're going to walk out the door, and then sometime tonight or tomorrow or Wednesday, in the middle of the night or when you're sitting watching TV or during traffic at, at driving around like that garbage can it, that worry is going to show back up and it's going to begin to creep in and that is where the place of battle takes place for you to say no for you to give it over to God you say pastor how do I, how do, I do that well you feel whatever your mind was being filled with worry with things of God turn on some worship music 
turn on some, some scripture reading. Get the Bible out if you can and start reading. Go to the Psalms. That's worship. And the moment you start taking that worry and replacing it with worship, guess what happens? God takes your burdens and turns them into blessings. But it starts with you. See, you're the one who makes that choice. Will you let go this morning? Let's pray.